Welcome back to the podcast, everyone, or welcome if you're new here. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking about going from judgment and control, something I think many of us know very well, to wild and whole. So stay tuned because it's going to be a super juicy podcast. Welcome to the Life Cycle Lady podcast, the place to be to discover a deeper connection to your whole self. My name is Julie Hughes, and I'm your host. This podcast is my answer to the deep connection of working with women for over two decades and seeing how similar our internal whispers are. I explore topics that shine a light on these whispers that women speak to me as a professional and bring a voice to it in this space. This podcast explores the whole of us and gives you real life mind-body-spirit tools to bring into your life to create more whole and alive from the inside out. You can find more about the work that I'm up to over on thelifecyclelady.com. Hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so this has come up a lot in the work that I do with women. And I, and actually, you know what, it comes a lot in my own life. So I want to stop, start by talking about control, right? And I think this is actually a really great topic to talk about for lots of different reasons. But of course, obviously, like I said, it's, it's something that comes up a lot in the work I do with women, but it also comes up a lot in my life. And then obviously, like, you know, the year that we've all had, um, control is something that we had to deal a lot with because there wasn't a lot of control, right? We didn't have a lot of control. And I think really in reality, do we ever really have control, right? So I've been really sitting with this idea of control lately um, and really control in my own life and how does my desire, like where does that desire to control come from? Like what, what does it, what is it trying to feed or how is it trying to serve me? And how does it really actually not end up serving my overall wellness and wholeness, right? So like, how does that control take us away from our wild and whole selves? Because really, we have, we are obsessed. I would say that humans are obsessed with this idea of control, right? We try to, I mean, for God's sakes, we try to control nature, right? We try to, I don't know if you've heard, but Probably you've heard that we try to seed the actual clouds to make them rain or snow more. I live in Colorado. They seed the clouds, which means they shoot up stuff inside the clouds to make them snow so that the mountains have more snow for people to then enjoy themselves in the winter and to ski when it maybe is a season, a winter season that has less snow, right? So we're like constantly trying to control and obsessed with controlling all of the things. We try to control nature. We try to control the way that our lives play out. I try to control my business in some ways. We try to control our bodies as women, right? Most of us, the vast majority of us, wasn't, were never taught about the natural cycles and rhythms and how um, there's like superpowers that are tapped into each of these parts of our menstrual cycle and that 
this isn't a curse, that this is actually like one of the things that makes us whole and one of the things that makes us wild and one of the things that makes us like, uh, when we live in life in alignment with it or greater alignment, it's one of the things that actually is a great way of showing our health and wellness on a physical level, but also an emotional and mental level, right? And and that's, I mean, that's a whole humongous conversation in itself, like menstrual cycles and um, and their rhythms, right? But I just want to talk about the control of them. So we control them. We, you know, this invention of the birth control pill was, yes, a blessing in so many ways, but also a curse in so, so, so many ways that people really don't talk about. Um, although it's being talked about a lot more, we control, we control birth. We control like all of the different cycles of women. We control menstruation, we control birth, we control perimenopause and menopause because we feel like it must be wrong rather than the symptoms or the symptomology showing not that something is wrong, but there's something out of alignment, right? Then that's mind, body, or spirit. So that's another way we control. We control our schedules. We hold things up. Like we hold so many things. Most women, most humans hold so many things up in our schedules and we like pack them in. And if it starts to teeter or if we get sick or if something happens, the balls start to fall and then like everything seems like it's crumbling down. We get overwhelmed, right? We control all of the things. Just think about all the things that you try to control in your life, right? There's one thing to like make a schedule and then there's one thing to like let the schedule control and dictate your life. Hopefully that clarification comes across, right? There's, there's a way of like bending with it and allowing spaciousness within it despite how full your life is, or to create a life that allows for more spaciousness and to make those choices accordingly and to have the consequences maybe even of those choices. But in the end, this control, this false sense of control that we can control nature, that we can control our bodies, that we can control our days and the rhythms of our days, it's all kind of bullshit, really, right? Because we really can't control it. It simply happens. It really does. And this idea that we control it feels us, it disconnects us from feeling the trust and the flow that is actually part of the law of nature, one of the laws of life is that life flows, right? Life is cyclical. Life involves birth. And I mean, part of the cycle is, or the end of the cycle is death and then birth and death and birth and death with all of the different stopping points along the way. And when we are trying to control all of the things, control the life cycle, for example, it prevents us from actually tapping into that flow of life, tapping into that rhythm of life, tapping into those lessons in life, because we want it to always bring be spring and summer because we like spring and summer better. We like being younger better. We like, we value being younger better. We value doing and creating more than the fall and the pause, the letting go, the, the fall and the winter, the letting go and the pause, right? I would say that the vast majority of the people 
like spring and summer and fall and winter are maybe, although a lot of people do enjoy the fall. Anyways, you get what I'm saying, right? If it prevents us, this control prevents us from tapping into that flow that we are a part of. <clears throat> so I see this a lot with like even younger women going back to the menstrual cycle, mostly because, I mean, that's just an easy one for me to grasp at, right? Um, most women have a menstrual cycle or know about menstrual cycles or have had a menstrual cycle. And so that's kind of a universal one that I can speak of. And yes, we all experience this differently. So that within that universality, there's a whole lot of variation, right? So when we tap into that cycle and when girls, young girls that I work with, tap into their cycles, they do feel that innate flow. They will complain of, I guess is a lack for lack of a better word, that when they are in certain points in their cycle, they don't want to push themselves. They don't want to go and do all of the things right before or during their bleed, right? They feel that pull more strongly to slow down than somebody who's been ignoring that pull for a really, really long time, right? So if they were actually allowed to, meaning like societally or that our society was set up in a way to allow them to tap into their wild, which to me wild is just nature, right? It's just the way nature is. It's the cycles of nature outside as well as inside of us. It is our innate self, maybe like not only in the physical sense, but in the emotional and the spiritual sense. Let's go with that definition. <coughs> Excuse me. When we control that cycle, right, a lot of girls at a very young age, myself included, were put on birth control pills, for example, because at the very beginning, the cycles are a little wonky. That would be very, very normal. We only ovulate once or twice at all that entire first year, which throws the cycles uh, a little wonky. And it makes it more uncomfortable than it will then become if let to, if left to um, play out on its own or even to help it along without actually putting a band-aid on it and taking away the cycle, which is what a birth control pill does. Actually takes away your cycle, right? You're not actually cycling when you're on the birth control pill. But that prevents girls from a young age from actually trusting in that flow of life. Right? It prevents them from tapping into that flow of life, tapping into their innate nature physically. It prevents them from tapping into those different parts of their brain that we actually access at different parts of our menstrual cycle. Right, It's only something that human females do at certain parts of their menstrual cycle. It's not a thing that happens in men. There are really amazing things when we tap into our wild selves, our innate nature, not just from a physical menstrual cycle. Again, that's just what I'm tapping into right now because it's an easily accessible way to describe this, but also from our emotional selves, right? When we're tapping into that and actually honoring that emotionality rather than calling it hormonal or I don't know, all the other things we want to label why we're emotional rather than we just are feeling emotional in this now moment 
And if we give it space in our bodies and in our life to feel emotional in this now moment, or at some point even in the day, and we're able to embody and be with those emotions, then probably we're going to learn something about ourselves. We are going to learn something to heal. We can use it for a healing tool or in a way to become more whole, right? Because for many of us, we try to control who we are. We put on the masks of who we are so that we don't, so that we fit in because we're social creatures and we want to fit in, right? And there's certain ways that we're told to be, whether we realize it or not. There is just certain ways, the things you do and things you don't do. And for those of us in older generations, you know, the 40 plus year olds out there, um, there was definitely emotions that were good. There were emotions that were bad. There were ways of being that were good and there's bad. I would say that there's maybe a little bit less of that nowadays. We have evolved in some ways, right? But what I'm speaking to is this control that prevents us from changing as a society that so desperately needs to change. And it is my belief that if we actually tap into the wild, that if we tap into that flow, that if we tap into our innate selves and that flow, which is in many ways uh, something that we have in common, if we tap into the feminine soul more and we valued it, then we would have to change both inside of ourselves and our choices as well as outside in the larger society and we, we become more imbalanced within ourselves and therefore also the larger collective society we wouldn't stand for it anymore and we would bring some of the gifts of that wildness into life and this isn't just for women <coughs> i speak towards women because that's who i work with but I'm raising three of my four children are boys. I live in a partnership for over 17 years. Men obviously have a whole lot of feminine in them and women obviously have a whole lot of masculine in them. And I would not say that men's desire or men's true nature is actually one of control. Like I wouldn't say that that is a masculine characteristic. I would say that is a characteristic of a society that is maybe has a lot of fear. Fear is often a reason why we can try and control situations. I don't know about you, but the more uncertain I get, one of the ways to make myself feel better is to try and control all of the things, right? Which is so funny because then it actually act, like doesn't actually work out that way. You don't end up <laughs> really controlling anything. You just make it like more of a war, fighting more. That, at least that's my experience. So what if we did tap into that wildness and we let go of some of that control? And, and you can practice this in your daily life and just really getting present with where are you controlling and why are you controlling, right? Is it something as simple as a schedule because your family needs to get to all the places and you need a rhythm and you need a schedule and who's picking up where? Like that's a thing, right? Or is it like you're controlling who your children are going out with or you're controlling what 
you are, how you are going to show up in the world. You're controlling your own voice or you're not giving space for your voice or you're not actually speaking up in your sex life or you're not um, listening to your own inner yearnings for maybe some creativity or your own inner yearnings for uh, a relationship change that you feel really scared of. So instead you try to control all of the things around it. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? We're not actually, control often can get, can get in the way, can get in the way of the true change that needs to happen. And maybe even, I don't love the word change, but the true evolution of what needs to happen in a relationship, in your life, a rebirthing of sorts that could happen in all of the different ways that you show up in the world and how you experience your world. Because so many freaking people out there really and truly hate their lives. They don't, they think very often, and I was in this space at one point in my life where I didn't, I wasn't excited about it. I just thought, this is it, huh? Like, this is, this is it. This is what being an adult is. Like, not much passion, not much excitement, kind of over, well, not kind of, overwhelmed all of the time because I wasn't really showing up to my own inner desires and I wasn't really being my authentic and wild self. I wasn't letting that out. And so, as I grow and change and evolve and take more off of my to-do list and add more to my to-be list and listen to my own self, then all of that sorts of things began to be heard inside and then experienced and shifted in my relationships and the way I show up in my life and in my work in a way that makes me feel alive and passionate and, yes, emotional, but not not like I'm going to blame it on my hormones. Emotional, like my emotions are here to show and teach and help me grow, and I'm going to listen to them, and then I'm not going to spend a day, like a week in a rage, right? Because I'm going to show up to the anger. I'm going to show up to the this or that. They have a purpose, Right? So rewilding means that sometimes we have to have seasons. We have to experience that weather. We have to get uncomfortable. We have to be in our bodies. We have to wake up and experience the wisdom that is actually in there and to see it as wisdom rather than labeling it as a midlife crisis or our hormones or a bad day or this or that. But that there is sometimes repetitive things that happen inside our bodies and there's a lot of wisdom in it and often it gets really loud it gets louder and louder the more and more we don't listen right because what happens the flip side of control is judgment right because that self-judgment comes in it robs us of energy it robs us of hormonal balance if you can believe it it really and truly does and I have a lot of podcasts on um you know the hormone cycle and what stress does to the hormone cycle but it also robs us against any free, a sense of freedom and sense of alignment. So most of the times we're judging ourselves when we, and we aren't living up to other standards, right? We judge ourselves when we aren't living up to other standards. We judge ourselves when we aren't living up to our own standards sometimes, but more often than not, that's because there are standards that we think other people might hold us to right? It's like a, like a cultural standard. Like, so an ex a very basic, silly kind of maybe example of this that came to mind is like uh, having a clean house when people come over, right? It's like sometimes 
this happened to me years in my life ago and I've talked to other women about it and they're like oh yeah that I've totally done that where you don't really want to have people over to your house because you're going to have to clean it and so it prevents that connection because you have this expectation and judgment that like in order to be a good functioning adult human that everything has to be organized when someone comes over now don't get me wrong I do still like to have my house clean when people over but it's not going to prevent me it's I'm not going to judge myself or prevent me from connecting with another human just because my house isn't perfectly clean. And this is actually something I grew up with. I just had this realization of, like, when people would come over, my mom would go, like, crazy. And it needed to be a certain specific way. And so there's that word, crazy, right? She judged herself so much, and that came from her own mother-in-law. And the things that were said, and... Right, I could keep on going, right? You see what I'm saying? It robs us. It robs us of energy. It robs my mom of so much energy. It robbed us of having good holiday seasons sometimes because of that stress of keeping a house clean, which there was so much more underneath that, right? It robs us of a sense of freedom and it robs us of alignment. So those things keep us from being whole because judgments fragment us. When we dissect ourselves as if we are in pieces, we, we put down and we fragment and we hate on or we put down the parts of us that we don't feel live up to this ideal or that ideal or that we created or maybe someone else created this ideal. Maybe we created this ideal. Maybe we're so confused we don't know where this ideal came from. Maybe it is a good ideal that you want to stick to, but there's a way of being like striving towards that and then judging yourselves when you fall short, right? Because when we're in those places, we feel anything but whole. We feel anything but good. And the su suggestion that we are always like uh, innately good people seems kind of laughable. We feel miserable. We check out. We engage in behaviors that don't really serve us. Like maybe bit like eating, right? Or smoking or drinking or watching tons of Netflix, right? And we miss that opportunity to stop, to drop, and to roll, right? When the fire inside is lit, right? <clears throat> we miss the opportunity for transformation and alchemization. We miss the opportunity to show up in compassion and to explore this inner place. And what do I mean by extorting this in a place? Like, what does that actually look like in real life? Um, I, well, first of all, I have to say that sometimes it's really messy, right? And sometimes you have to be really brave to show up to that place. And as someone who's done the, this, like, inner work for years and years now, um, because at one point I was really, really out of my body. I was really, really out of alignment. And I was always in that doing energy never being I was in the success game I was super resistant to inner child work or any sort of like being inside my body so to explore that in a place there is a few tools that I use to go into that like fire I guess so to speak um to go into those fragments to go into that intensity to go into that soupiness inside to go into that the other imagery am I getting here? Let's go into that ocean, that torrential ocean that makes, makes you feel like you're just drowning inside, right? 
So the first step is to actually slow the fuck down, right? Like you have to slow down. You have to make time for that slow in your day. You have to do that. And you have to do it more and more often, right? Maybe it's a morning ritual and an evening ritual. My suggestion is always that it goes all throughout your day, that you're trying to connect with that inner world and that slowness all throughout your day. So like taking three breaths at a stop sign, taking 10 breaths every hour. Like, I don't know what it looks like for you, but you have to find a way to slow down because if you're not slowing down, you're not hearing and feeling that inner world, right? You're, you're just stuck in the judgment, stuck in the control, stuck in the doing, all of the things, but you're not in the inner world. Sometimes you also have to trust that inner voice because sometimes it's guiding you back into your body. That happens to me all of the time, but I would say that that is a skill that is developed over time, that not all people, at least not the people I've worked with, have often had at the beginning. They don't often hear that inner voice. So sometimes it's first slowing down and then starting to hear that inner voice. And if I actually think back on my own journey, I think that is actually how it happened. The inner voice gets louder the loud the longer you listen, right? It's like establishing a trusting relationship inside. And then it's sitting with that hugeness of the feeling to see if it says anything, right? It might begin to move your body. It might begin to have you shake or cry or emote in some way, shape, or form. But it's not... It's giving the space and not judging the shaking, the crying, the emotions. And it's not going with whatever story is coming up in your head. It's just the pure experiential. So it's like dropping the story. So if something happened, somebody were to trigger a judgment about yourself, like say it's a parent, right? Parents are often really great at this, triggering some sort of like insecurity or ways of being that we think we should or shouldn't be from our unconscious programming from, you know, birth to seven years old. So say something like that happens and, and your parent were to, to trigger you, even if you're 45 years old, right? It still happens. So sitting with that hugeness of the feeling and not being like blaming, oh, my mom did this or my dad did that, but just like sitting with the actual feeling and seeing where it comes from without the story, and then allowing yourself to emote. And then see if you can find some love for that feeling, right? Because you actually might believe in that feeling. You might believe that you're not worthy or not good enough in the moment or that you failed. <clears throat> so what if you found some love for that what if you held that, like visualize holding that space in your body? Maybe it's in your heart that you're feeling this emotion, this hugeness. And you're now visualizing holding that heart, holding some love and sending it to your body. Right? And I say it as if it's like the simple thing. And I know it's not because I'm doing it for a long time. So yeah, of course, to me, it's like, yes, this is what you do. This is like the flow of what, how you get there. But at the beginning, there is so much resistance, even now sometimes. There's so much resistance, so much hesitation, so much judgment. This shit isn't going to work. This is so weird. This won't do anything, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, for me, I've always had enough curiosity inside me and a willingness to feel better than I, than I was feeling. Like, 
how can I get there? Right. I, I know that there is a way to feel more alive. I know there is a way to feel more whole. I know there is a way to feel more free. Like I know that. And so how, how, how can I get there? Not knowing that I can't just snap my fingers and be there. Although sometimes I can, but for me, I, I would say that it's a path, a life path, right? So I have so many tools in my belt and it's been so many years later that I've evolved through that work and some of it I don't do and some I've picked up new ones around the way, right? So to bring it back to the circle what I'm talking about, it's that this judgment that we do to ourselves and either of others can be a really huge gift as we take it as a signpost to direct us inward to alert that there's something that needs to be healed and to be done rather than just sitting with us bullying ourselves and judging ourselves and feeling like shit and feeling bad and horrible, right? Because in reality, we are truly whole. It's just that we've picked up things along the way that aren't part of ourselves. Or we've picked up things that we do or say or habits like, oh, I'm just too emotional, I'm just too this. And when we judge that, it falls really hard on us rather than it just simply being a catalyst to change and to feeling actually more whole. So I don't know about you, but I personally desire to live a life that feels alive and whole where I feel like I want to be around and I feel like I want to be present where all of me is accepted by myself first and foremost so that I feel to be free inside of me and that I kind of don't care when others, because not everyone is going to like you, right? Not everyone is going to like me. So you might be listening to this and being like, this chick is whatever. That's fine. Like, but, but in the reality is I am more me. I am more me in my voice. And this is who, how I'm speaking. And this makes me feel alive. And this makes me feel free. Right? And I believe, and my experience is that the greatest healing that we have to do for our alignment, for our hormones, for our minds, for our mental health, for our wholeness is this sort of work, the letting go of the control, the letting go of the judgment, and doing this like embodiment of what actually is in this now moment, and doing this inner work. And yes, sometimes we need midwives along the way to help us with this rebirth and with this guidance, right? So thanks for listening. I think that that's probably enough of this for now. If you would like to discover more about your own wild and whole self, then head on over to my website and check out um, the wild and whole five-week journey to get you on a path of feeling more wild and whole. It's a space where I guide a group of women through some amazing wild and fun work and some deep and uncomfortable and some uh, kind of seeding work to get us firmly on that path, right? So if that's if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, I run this program four times a year, the around the beginning of every season. The January New Year one starts on the sixth, so head on over, and I hope to see you there. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye.